0: Goodness gracious folks, terrible, terrible, terrible. I haven't even mic'd up. Got to make sure that you all can hear me. (laughs) So, so here we go. Uh, That's a little bit ugly, but it'll do. (laughs) It'll do, it'll do in a pinch. I'll tell you, this is real. This is reality television as practiced by E.W. Jackson. Okay. Well, look, um, for those of you who might've been somewhat frustrated as I was yesterday that I couldn't find that quote by, uh, judge Katanji Brown Jackson. I found it. I shared it on my radio program yesterday. And here it is. This is what she said to a defendant who, by the way, we now find out that this defendant continues to search the internet for child pornography. He was, he could have gotten 10 years. She gave him three months, three months. Here's what she said to him, quote, to to a child pornography, someone convicted of using and trafficking in child pornography. Now, he, true, he's only 18 years old, but he was, that's an adult. And apparently he had been up to this for a while, and now he, we learned, he is still involved in child pornography. Here's what she said to him, quote, this is truly a difficult situation. I appreciate that your family's in the audience. I feel so sorry for them and for you and the anguish this has caused all of you. I feel terrible about the collateral consequences of this conviction. She's apologizing to the guy who is trafficking in child pornography. She is sorry for the consequences of the conviction. What about the consequences to the victims? What about the consequences to the people who are victimized for their entire lives by images on the internet now that never go away? What about that? Well, look, I am convinced of this folks. Oh, and by the way, well, I, let me finish my thought. I am convinced of this there as as a major symptom of our cultural degeneracy. Children are no longer human beings whose innocence must be protected and whose emotional and psychological being must be guarded. They are now objects of sexual and ideological purposes. I mean, that's really what the left is giving us. You you notice, I mean, this this completely ignores the kids, completely ignores them. Oh, uh, the poor victim. And uh, I mean, the the guy who's engaging in child pornography. Oh, I feel so badly for you. And what this conviction is going to do to you? She's only this woman, um, this judge, Katanji Brown Jackson, is a symptom of a much, much deeper problem. The, and, and look, it's still a matter of individual liberty because, and it, personal responsibility, I should say, because she could choose to take a different approach, but she doesn't. She is a creature of the far left, and she is bought in not only to their political in their ideological perspective on critical race theory on all of this this stuff but also on on these this gender identity ideas she wouldn't define what a, she couldn't define what a woman is and but this folks there is something going on here you know i, I did say i think i said this yes in fact i'm sure i said it on this program, um, not on Wisdom Awakening, not on my radio program, I can understand why people revert to conspiracy theories, because when you look at what's going on, there is a pattern that could make you think, "These, these people, there's something, somebody is controlling and manipulating all of this at the top somebody is pulling strings disney is in is into to to child sexual abuse yeah i said it and i mean it disney is into child sexual abuse i mean disney just had two human traffickers arrested and i think i told you all before disney has been hiring pedophiles they hire them Now I don't know how widespread a pattern is, but I saw at least two stories where they had been hiring. These are two different stories where they were hiring pedophiles, people who were convicted of pedophilia and they were hiring them. Uh, Big Pharma is doing experiments to prove that hormonal drugs, to transition children from one gender to another is good for them psychologically and emotionally. Yeah, right right. You can, you can, you can take the accuracy of those studies to the bank because they're basically trying to sell these hormonal drugs. You know, folks, I am a big capitalist. I believe in the power of free enterprise, but I am first and foremost a Christian. And therefore I do not believe that free enterprise or capitalism, is somehow perfect. It's not. It's an imperfect system, but I believe it was Winston Churchill who said capitalism is the worst system in the world except for all the others. <laughs> so but it's I, I, I believe in free enterprise. I believe it is the most efficient and effective way to distribute goods and services that leaves people free of, the, of the, the encroachment of central planners making decisions for us about what we're going to do with our lives and how we're going to expend our money and where we're going to work and where we're going to go to school and what we're going to devote our lives to and all of that. Free enterprise is a much, much more efficient and, by the way, more humane way of distributing goods and services, but it is not perfect. And you can see that with big tech. You can see that with big pharma where people abuse the power of their, 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 their economic power to manipulate and use other people. And I think the government does have a role in circumscribing that, in limiting that, in prosecuting that where it's found to be criminal. But it's ultimately the people who have to hold accountable our public officials elected and appointed by letting them know what is absolutely unacceptable to us. Cause we are the sovereigns. The people are the sovereigns, not these politicians, not these agencies, not Anthony Fauci, not Joe Biden. They're not sovereigns. We are sovereign. We, the people are sovereign and the power that they use is power that has been delegated to them by us, although they don't, they don't seem to understand that. They've said, if they ever knew it, if they ever understood it, they've forgotten it. That their power is delegated power given to them by the people. And we've got to reign them in. Because right now, they're after our children. And just like if a person came into your home and tried to kidnap, abuse your child, your grandchild, you would take firm, unequivocal action to stop that individual. Now, of course, violent action would be justified in that case. You'd be perfectly justified in shooting someone in that case. This case is different, but the same mindset of aggressive action has to be in place, meaning that we have got to be absolutely determined to get engaged, to get active, to help, to support the people who represent our values and to oppose the people who do not. Voting is only one very, very important part of that, but it's still only one part of that. Contributing to candidates. I have a PAC, Stand America PAC, and we are in the process of Working to move black and other minority voters out of the the clutches of these Democrat slave masters that treat them like they own them. And basically give them a little subsistence living and a little handout here and there and then point at the racists. Oh, look at the racists! They're out to get you. And we are going to save you. We, we, we are your saviors. And just manipulating people to keep them in power. And all they do is get, get people's children killed, keep them from being uneducated, abort their babies, uh, try to, to basically manipulate kids in school to become homosexuals and transgenders. That's what you get for voting for the Democrat party. Real, real smart, but we're waking people up from that. Because, of course, they don't come and lie to you. I mean, they don't, they don't come and tell you the truth. They come and lie to you. They don't come and tell you, hey, we're going to rape your children. We're going to turn your children into homosexuals and transgenders. Um, we're going to make your streets unsafe so that people are, 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 are shooting down your kids and shooting down innocent people in the streets. We're going to make sure your children graduate from school functionally illiterate if they make it through school. We're going to make sure that the schools can't function. Make sure you don't have any other alternatives. We're going to keep you captive in a ghetto but vote for us because we're for you. And those evil racists, Ooh, those, those Republicans, those conservatives, those, those Christians, Oh, they're evil. Stay away from them. My goodness. They say homosexuality is sin. Oh my goodness. They want the police to help keep your community safe. Wow. They want you to have school choice so you can choose where to send your child to school to get the very best education for your child. Oh boy. There's some, there are some real racists. <laughs> they you can tell by the policies they promote that they are so against you. Oh, and you know what? Those wicked Republicans think that you parents have a right to know what's going on in the schools with your children. Those bunch of racists, those fascists. Why would you vote for people? who want you to know what's going on with your child in school. No, no, don't vote for them. Vote for us, because we'll keep it secret from you, because you're too too dumb to know uh, how to raise your child properly. And we at schools will teach your child how to be transgender and homosexual. And we'll we'll make sure we show them nice pictures of men having sex with one another and what they do and all that, so that they are properly educated. But you're too dumb to understand that, so you just stay out of it. But vote for us, because we're going to save you. Now, folks, that's not an exaggeration. That is what it amounts to. And every black person who votes for Democrats, every black Christian who votes for Democrats. And as far as I'm concerned, every American at this point who votes for Democrats, unless you really, really, really think like they do. And you really have all this degeneracy operating in your own heart and mind. If you vote for them, you are cutting your own throat. I mean, the only reason to vote for them is if you want your children sexually molested, you want your children turned into transgenders. You want your children exposed to homosexuality. You want your children to be given, um, pornographic materials in, in in the form of graphic illustrations. You want your children to graduate from school functionally illiterate. You want your children gunned down in the streets. Because no police are available because we got to defund the police and dismantle the police because the police are bad. And you want your children to be uneducated. You don't want them to have an opportunity to get out of a bad school and go to a better one. So if you don't want any, I mean, if if that's what your agenda, well, then fine. You ought to vote for the Democrat Party because they're going to give you what you want. They're going to make sure that your children are uneducated and they're going to make sure that your children are sexually molested and groomed to be used by some adult for sex. They're going to make sure all that happens. So yeah, by all means, if that's what you want for your child, by all means, vote for them. Because after all, they're anti-racist, right? And, And by the way, if you happen not to be black, But you believe that by three months old, your child's a racist. By all means, vote for the Democrats because they're going to teach your child at three months old that your child's a racist and how to teach your child to be anti-racist at three months old. Folks. It's not a conspiracy in my view. It is a move of the devil. It is the spirit of antichrist. Here again, I'm not saying there aren't people who are getting together and and trying to make certain things happen. I'm just saying there is no grand human conspiracy. There is a grand spiritual conspiracy that is led by Satan. And his spirit is in a bunch of people who are supporting all this mess, including this judge uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, who in my view is a demonic figure based upon what she says. I mean, can you imagine somebody asking me, can you define a man? I go, uh, no, no, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I'm not a biologist. I could tell you a man is the male figure of the human species created by almighty God in his image and in his likeness. A man is a human being with the Y chromosome that all males have. A man is someone with male genitalia capable of impregnating a woman and producing a child in the normal course. A man is a person whose body is flowing with a testosterone that helps him to develop all those male characteristics that men have, like beards and mustaches, mustaches and, 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 and musculature and, and size and all of that. That's just off the top of my head. That that doesn't present any issues for me. But you got somebody wanting to sit on the Supreme Court who can't define a woman, a woman who wants to on the Supreme Court. So it me, means she can't even say she's a woman because she can't define what a woman is. So what is she? I mean, you can't say, well, I guess you could say she's an alien, but then she doesn't like that word. So, you know, maybe, maybe she's an undocumented woman. Folks, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. And we've got to put on the whole armor of God to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought under obedience to Christ. That's the fight. It's a spiritual battle. It's walked out in in the realm of politics and the political sphere. It's walked out in the realm of of academe and, and, and in the academic sphere. We need more Christian warriors in academia, frankly, fighting against this craziness, this cultic, cult, cultish and cult-like insanity, this mass psychosis. I just, just um, watched a, a, a news story just before coming on with you uh, in which this college brought in a former Black Panther who was convicted of killing a police officer, did 50 years in prison, was released. They brought him in, and the and the biography says he's a former Black Panther who was a political prisoner for 50 years. Convicted of killing a cop. Now, for some reason, there was going to be a high police presence and it's unclear whether that was because he was going to be there, whether the police were coming to protest or what the situation was. But I think it had something to do with his presence and the potential fallout from that, because obviously I don't like cop killers. Most Americans don't like cop killers and I don't care what you dress them up in, uh, they're still cop killers. Now here again, I don't know what this man might've said. It sounds like he's an unrepentant cop killer. Uh, I certainly, it it seems to me, I certainly can't fathom him allowing somebody to describe him as a political prisoner instead of saying, no, I'm not, I wasn't a political prisoner. I was in jail for having done something terribly wrong, which I regret. But look, the college gave the kids time off because the presence of police, they thought would they would find traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah, the police presence on campus was going to be traumatizing and they would need some time off. They would need a crying room or a safe space to go and sort of cry out the, the police presence that traumatized them. I mean, folks, this is mass insanity. It really is. It's a kind of cult-like psychosis. And only God can solve this problem. You and I have got to do everything in our power. You know how active I am. I'm, com- in, I'm immersed in the public policy and political life of our country to the fullest extent I can be based on who I am and my position. But I know that the answer is ultimately Jesus. Because I liken it to a cancer that has metastasized and through the bloodstream has gotten into every part of the body. Well, there's no operation that's going to get that out. If it's produced tumors, you can't cut the tumor out and say, ah, problem solved, got it. Because it's poisoning the entire body. It's killing the entire body. And that's where we are now. This pernicious, atheist, Marxist, socialist, communist, antichrist spirit is in everything. It's in our public schools. It's in our colleges and universities. It's in our corporate life. Most companies have bought completely into this. It's in the professional sports world. It is completely and totally taken over the Democrat party, totally taken over. It is wholly given over to this bizarre view of the world. Nancy Pelosi declaring that they would no longer in the house use mom and dad. I, I think most of the country says these people have lost their minds. But they have fooled people in the world. Well, the Democrats are for the poor. They're not for the poor. They're, therefore, for their bizarre world view. That's what they're for. If you fit in it, if you subscribe to it, if you believe in it, you're okay. And if you're not, you're the enemy. If you don't, you're the enemy. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I said, Joe Biden wasn't trying to appoint a black woman. He was trying to appoint a black woman leftist. And he got one. Wow. He got one. She is a far left ideologue. She should never be allowed anywhere near the court. And I tell you what, any Republican who votes for this woman for the Supreme Court should be run out of town. Uh, I don't get many calls from Utah. I think I've got one or two on my radio program. But if anybody from Utah is listening to me now or watching me now, or you know, people in Utah, you need to tell them if, if Mitt Romney votes for this woman, he needs to be primaried and he needs to be run out of town on a rail. He criticized Josh Hawley and others for questioning her about her views on child pornography, which makes me wonder about Mitt Romney because to me, her views are abhorrent. I just read you a quote and anybody with, with with a brain has got to say, well, where's the expression of sympathy for the victims of child pornography? You are so worked up about the person using child pornography being victimized with a three month sentence that he could have gotten. He could have gotten 10 years, but absolutely no expression of sympathy for the victims. Now, now at the hearings, she goes to, Oh, I know this is a terrible crime. And I feel so badly. Yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. But that's not what she does on the bench. And as Josh Hawley said, from the very beginning, there is a consistent pattern of being soft on people who commit crimes regarding child pornography, a consistent pattern. I shared with you one of the quotes where she basically said there is a less serious child pornography offense, less serious, What people are doing as part of some group experience. So if you're doing it as part of a group experience, that's less serious. That's not so bad. I mean, it doesn't make a bit of sense to anybody with any common sense. You know, I graduated from the same law school. She did Harvard Law School, but I didn't drink the Kool-Aid folks. I became a Christian while I was in law school and that shielded me from a lot of that craziness. It was going on then, not to the extent it is now. I remember hearing about Duncan Kennedy's courses on critical legal studies, critical legal theory, which Derek Bell was at the law school. When I was there, I don't think he got tenure while I was there. In fact, there was a big hullabaloo later about his not having gotten tenure. Harvard finally caved and gave him tenure. But he was there at the time, uh, you know, applying his racial stuff. And of course, Obama just loved him. Oh, I, I didn't even know the man. I just saw him, you know, in passing. I didn't take any of his classes. I wasn't interested even then I had better sense than that. Even, you know, in my, in my twenties, what was I then? Yeah. In my mid twenties, I had better sense than that. But his critical race theory grows out of critical legal theory. And basically the theory is that American law and justice is non-existent. It's illegitimate because critical legal studies would say it grows out of simply the power relationship between the powerful and the powerless. Critical racial studies with racial theory would say it grows out of relationship between the powerful white people and the powerless black people. And therefore American law and justice is inherently white supremacist, And therefore, and don't forget this, cause this is the, this is the key factor. And therefore inherently illegitimate has no claim on our moral or, or political submission. I mean, it's really a call to overthrow America. That's really what it is. And this woman subscribes to that view. I'll tell you the American legal systems already been poisoned. This is going to introduce cyanide. Her being appointed to the Supreme Court is the equivalent of introducing cyanide into the American political bloodstream. I think she's far more radical than Ginsburg and far more radical than, than uh, 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 Breyer, who was apparently a, a mentor of hers, I, t- I suppose. I, by the way, I had Breyer when I was at uh, in law school, but he wasn't a mentor of mine. I didn't have one because I was already a grown man with a family. And, and uh, frankly, I just didn't subscribe to the views I was hearing. And I wasn't even mature, ideologically mature, but I knew something wasn't right in, in the stuff that I was hearing. Okay let's get to the word. Shall we get, I've been quoting the word and, but let's get back to a study of first Thessalonians. We are finally at chapter five final chapter in first Thessalonians first verse person chapter five says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Meaning they talking about the end times and you know, because remember, he just said, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's 1 Thessalonians four sixteen. So he says, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night, which means you got to be ready at all times. Right? Look, There are certain things that you probably do. I know that I do at night because I know that we live in a dangerous world and it is not out of the realm of possibility that someone could decide to try to enter our home at night for the purpose of robbing our home or hurting us, my family. And therefore, I'm ready. You know what I mean? I'm ready. And when I say I'm ready, I mean, I'm ready. Almost like I'm expecting you now. I'm not expecting somebody to do it. In other words, my faith is that angels are around my house and that God is protecting us. But I realize my faith is not perfect and we live in an imperfect world. And Satan is busy. And so I'm ready. I want to put that out there as an analogy, because he says. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. And that, that, that sense of readiness is what I'm trying to convey to you that we ought to also be ready spiritually. because that's what this is getting at it's 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 trying to get us thinking likening the situation to how we are on guard against someone encroaching upon our private property and our sense of well-being so we are ready to confront that possibility he's saying you yourselves know the lord comes as a thief in the night you better be ready now, we know this. it's not saying the Lord is a thief. It's just saying in the same way that you are ready for the possibility of something unexpected happening in the comfort of your own home while you are sleeping, you need to be ready for the return of the Lord. Morally ready, spiritually ready. Ready in terms of your conduct and what you are doing with your life says, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. In other words, one moment, everything seems to be going just fine. The next moment, boom! Jesus Christ cracks open human history and once again, openly and explicitly enters into the affairs of mankind to declare himself the king of the universe. And see, look, I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. I am ready. See, and you ought to be able to say, I'm ready. I really believe there are things that God has for me to do that I've not yet accomplished. But if I were to be wrong and Jesus were to appear today, I can say, honestly, I'm ready because I know that I'm saved. I know that I put my faith in him. I know that I'm living my life for him. I'm not perfect. I know that, but I know that I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I know that I've been forgiven of all my sins. I know that God knows my heart and knows that I love him and that I want to be with him for all of eternity, that I've made that decision, I've made that choice and I'm not going back on it. So whenever Jesus cracks the sky, I'm ready. Now the question is, are you ready? Are those around you ready? Because he's coming as a thief in the night when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. See, you and I as Christians, we don't need to be concerned about this because we're going to be under protection, not under destruction. But those who are not, those who are not ready, those who are not in Christ will not be able to escape. You know, the Bible says in the book of Revelations, people will say to the mountains, fall on us, trying to escape, but there will be no escape. It says, but you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. See, because we see things clearly, we can can see the, the signs of the times. We can see the end of the age encroaching upon us. That's why if Jesus were to come today, it wouldn't it would not surprise me. I don't think he's going to come today, but if he were to come today, to me it's certainly not impossible that he would he would he could come today. It wouldn't surprise me. It says you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Let us be awake, not woke, (laughs) but awake. Let us not sleep. Let us be awake as others do. Let us watch and be sober. In other words, be aware. That word watch is saying, you, you know, this is the thing that, that I, here again, how Christians can say that Christians in the church should have no part in politics, I, I, I do not know. It, if They read the same Bible I read. Here again, I'm convinced that those who hold that view are either biblically ignorant or just cowardly, and they're afraid to get into the fray. But how can, look, when Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars, what do you think that is? That's political, folks. I mean, our relationship right now with Putin and Iran and Venezuela and these nations that Biden is trying to side up with in order to get oil, just like God criticized Asa for going up to Assyria trying to get help against Jehoshaphat. Now you got Joe Biden like some little sycophant running up to these brutal dictators and these haters of America and haters of freedom and asking them, could you please give us some oil? Please, please, like a beggar. Wars and why? Because of wars and rumors of wars, because of what's happened in Russia and because he gave up our our independence. That's all politics. How can a Christian not be looking at that? How could a Christian leader not be commenting on this stuff? I mean, that's not watching. That's putting your head in the sand. He says, therefore, let us not sleep. That's sleeping. Oh, I don't get involved in that. Oh, I don't. You're asleep. As others do, you're asleep. But let us watch and be sober. Sober meaning what? Clear-headed clear-minded about what is going on. Well, how can you be clear-headed and clear-minded about what is going on? You're not even paying attention to it. I mean, that that's foolishness to me. And to me, it's biblical malpractice. And I, you know, you, you pastors who think this way are going to have to answer to God. Because what you are really doing is to me, you are like a general refusing to train your troops for the battle. And then when they get slaughtered, it's your fault because you did not prepare them when you had the time and the ability. I mean, it's really just that stark folks. And it's just that ugly. I mean, these high gas prices that we're going through right now. Last time I went to the pump, it cost me $5 a gallon for gas. Now, maybe it's a little cheaper in some places, but it went up 25 cents in a week's time, 25 cents. From 475 the week before, the next time I filled up was just a day or two ago, $5 a gallon, 499.9. Now folks, That's not by accident. That's by design. Because you've got these people with an apocalyptic worldview based upon climate change who think that you and I paying five, six, seven, ten dollars a gallon for gas is a good thing ultimately. So your pain and suffering demonstrates their messianic pretensions. It's ultimately good for you because we're going to wean you up. We are addicted to oil. Oh, please. Addicted. I mean, the word is just filled with a negative connotation. We're addicted to oil. No, we use it to drive our economy. It's what built the greatest industrial economy in the history of mankind. These dum-dums. Somebody needs to explain that to them. Well, we addicted is that was is that addiction what produced all of our heat and air conditioning because we were addicted. I mean, it's just stupidity. Silliness. And for Christians. Not to be. Watching and sober and not asleep. But oh, no, I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't I don't touch that. I'm too busy preaching the gospel. You know, the gospel is a big concept, but when Pilate approached Jesus and asked, are you a king? Jesus didn't say, yes, I am a king. You know what he said? I have come to bear witness to the truth. And those who are of the truth, hear my voice. Pilate with his stupid self, what is truth? Just like liberals today. I mean, he was a leftist through and through the same old moral and spiritual and cultural relativism. Well, that's your truth, Jesus, but I have my own truth. Let's go on. Seventh verse for those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. What it's saying is sin is darkness. And those who live in darkness are asleep and they are drunk And I think drunk here means more than drunk with alcohol, means they're drunk with their own profligate and degenerate and depraved lifestyles. That's where this transgender and homosexuality, what I call the SPM, the sexual perversion movement. No, actually, let's add the SPMCG, the SPMCG, I'm sorry, the S P C G M. Sexual perversion, child grooming movement. Sexual perversion, child grooming movement. That's what it is. The S P C G M. They're asleep. They're drunk. They're immersed in their own darkness. Says, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation, folks, that's armor for fighting. Says, put on the breastplate of faith and love. That's armor for fighting and the helmet. Hope of salvation, that's armor. I said earlier, put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, having done all to stand, stand therefore. It says, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to abstain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, you and I, as Christians, are not designated for the wrath of God. The wrath of God no longer abides upon us. We're no longer children of wrath. We're children of rescue. Man, that's hot off the Holy Ghost presses. Let me say that again. We're no longer children of wrath. We're children of rescue. Rescuing others from the wrath of God. Says but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep we should live together with him. Now, that, that, I think that gets into another analogy, which says whether we wake or sleep, meaning whether we're alive in this world or dead to this world, but alive in, in the spiritual world, we live together with him. I mean, you know, the, 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 the family of God has two different segments to it right now. It has an earthly segment and a heavenly segment the heavenly segment are all the saints who have already gone on to heaven to be with Jesus. That's the great cloud of witnesses that uh, I think Hebrews chapter 12 talks about, seeing that we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, is now set set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. They're part of our family, too. And that's what this is getting at. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. So we're supposed to be comforting and encouraging one another. And by the way, that word comfort doesn't just mean to kind of placate and stroke and all of that. It means to admonish, to instruct. It means to strengthen um, so it's an aggressive word. It's not just, oh, comfort one another, like pat, pat me on the head. And no, it means, it means encourage one another. It means strengthen one another, it means entreat one another. It means instruct one another. This is what the situation is. This is what we have to do. That's, that's the kind of comfort this, this is getting at. Now there's a kind of Comfort in the peace of knowing God. Oh my goodness. I'm out of time Uh, Of the peace of knowing God But this but what this is getting at is the comfort of knowing what to do Glory to God that's going to do it for today. God bless each and every one of you. Hey, have a great weekend I will be preaching at the call church 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake uh, this coming Sunday, I, I'm there most Sundays, folks. I'm, I'm gone occasionally. I was gone last week to be with my granddaughter, but I will be there this coming Sunday. I'm preaching out of the book of Revelation. I think I'm on sermon number five, if I'm not mistaken, in the last days, the book of the Revelation. So join us 11 a.m. and I'll be live streaming from there, of course, at 1130. But join us there at the call church and uh, God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful weekend Uh, I hope you get a chance to fellowship with friends and family and spend some time uh, together and and get some rest and relaxation in. I'll be back with you again Monday morning, 830 a.m. on Wisdom Awakening and then again at 1 p.m. on The Awakening on American Family Radio. So in the meantime, remember, folks, that we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.